On episode 484 of the 40 Plus Fitness Podcast, we bring back Dr. Will Cole and discuss his book, Intuitive Fasting. You can find the full show notes for this episode at 40plusfitnesspodcast.com forward slash 484. Have you decided you're ready to make a change? To reclaim your health and fitness, the 40 Plus Fitness Podcast is here for you. I'm your host, Alan Meisner. I'm an NSAM certified personal trainer with a specialization in corrective exercise and fitness nutrition. Let me be your coach as you find your way on your health and fitness journey. All right, let's go. This episode of the 40 Plus Fitness Podcast is sponsored by Naked Nutrition. What does getting naked mean? For supplements, it means no unnecessary additives. It means premium sourced ingredients without fillers, so you don't need to compromise on your diet or your goals. That's what Naked Nutrition offers. Back in 2014, a former college athlete didn't understand why protein powders and other supplements had so many unnatural ingredients. If they're supposed to be health supplements, why can't you understand the ingredient list? Naked Nutrition was started with five single ingredient supplements, including the best-selling Naked Way which has only one ingredient, whey protein from grass-fed California cows, and the best-selling Naked Pea, a vegan protein made from one ingredient, raw yellow peas grown in the U.S. and Canada. The company has grown to offer over 40 products, but the vision of sourcing the best ingredients, using as few of them as possible, and being transparent so you know exactly what's going into your body is the same today as when the company was founded. Whether you're working towards losing weight, having more energy, or improving your endurance to become a better runner, what you put in your body directly impacts how you feel and the results you get. Naked Nutrition is committed to shortening the steps between their farms and you. Get naked. Visit Naked Nutrition today. It's nutrition with nothing to hide. Use the discount code 40PLUS and get 10% off your first order. NakedNutrition.com Let me ask you a question. If you were in the same place one year from now, same weight, same health markers, same fitness, how would you feel? Okay, now a follow-on question. What are you doing to make next year better? Listening to Health and Fitness Podcast isn't going to do anything. You must take action if you want to change. In the 40 Plus Fitness 12-Week Gas Program, we're doing just that. I provide the gas. Guidance, accountability, and support. And you take the wheel and go. I'm so sure you'll get results on this program that I offer a full 100% money-back guarantee. Action, results. If you're tired of being stuck in the mud, do your future self a favor and go to 40plusfitnesspodcast.com forward slash gas. Complete the short application and we'll figure out what you need to do to make sure you're not the same next year. 40plusfitnesspodcast.com forward slash gas. Hey, Raz, how are things? Good, Alan. How are you today? Well, good and bad. Um, I was pretty excited, you know, spending the time with my family. It's been really cool. 
And I also wanted to kind of make a short little announcement. I'm launching a challenge and I actually am planning this one ahead because uh, I actually had a challenge and then I didn't get a chance to announce it on the podcast because uh, I just decided to do it. It It's sort of like one Mm -hmm. of the spot jump on things and I just really didn't have time to give a pre-announcement, but I've got another one in the works. I'm going to be launching a seven day mindset challenge. That's okay. a good one. Yeah. yeah. And so it's basically going to be seven days. There'll be a topic for each day and a little recorded video for each day that you get an email and all that. So if you go to 40plusfitnesspodcast.com forward slash challenge, uh, you can sign up for the free seven day mindset challenge. Awesome. That sounds fun. So again, it's it's 40plusfitnesspodcast.com forward slash challenge. Um, and we've got it there. Now, if you missed the the functional fitness challenge, which was the one I did kind of on the spur of the moment, uh, the reason you didn't hear about it is you're probably not a part of our Facebook group. And that's where a lot of this stuff gets announced, like at the last minute, uh, those <laughs> types of things. So I would go to 40plusfitnesspodcast.com forward slash group and request to join the 40 plus fitness group. Uh, and that's where it's easier for me to communicate these kind of little one-off things that are going on really quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you'll keep up with us. Rachel's on there. I'm on there. Uh, we'll answer your questions. We have fun. We have weekly challenges. Uh, if I run across something cool, like a 90 year old woman doing deadlifts, uh, I'm going to publish <laughs> that stuff and we're going to, we can talk about it. So uh, it's a really cool place to be. And you know, my favorite group for sure. Um, but yeah, you can go there. You'll learn about things, uh, again, 40 plus fitness podcast.com forward slash group. If you want to join the group. And then if you want to check out that mindset challenge, go to 40 plus fitness podcast.com forward slash challenge. So that's the good news. Awesome. Um, the bad news is one of my staff, uh, actually has contracted COVID, oh, no. uh, and she's the one that works most of the shifts. So, you know, uh, she pulls every shift that she can possibly work. And so she pretty much mans the gym, 80%, 90% of the time. Um, and my other employee, he's over in Panama City, so he's not available. And so what it means is the week that I'm visiting with my family is also a week that I'm pulling complete full day doubles at the gym. So oh, not no. so much fun, but you know, no. it, it is what it is. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I'm just right now just hoping that my employee gets through this without any mm-hmm. complications and, you know, she's young and healthy. So I, I have the, you know, strongest uh, thoughts that she is going to get through this relatively easily, but Mm -hmm. it's just kind of one of those things. It's, it's that close, you know, it's right Mm -hmm. here. Someone that was working in the gym uh, on Saturday is now, you know, at home um, with COVID and Mm -hmm. she can't come back for a couple of weeks. So Mm -hmm. it's going to be a tough couple of weeks for me. Uh, I'm going to try to go ahead and see if I can't hire someone to come in and, and work some shifts We'll see. We'll see. That By the time good. I get them in and get them trained, my two weeks will be over. <laughs> right. Yeah. But anyway, it, it is what it is. But uh, so, yeah, a little bit of, of sad news on this side. But it, you know, yeah. I am going, still going to try to make the most spending time with my daughters while they're here. Um, and just, you know, again, it's, it is what it is. So, you know, I can't change what I can't change. Uh, right. we'll, we'll keep charging on. That's right. Well, I hope your employee feels better soon and I hope you get to squeeze in some time with your family. It sounds, sounds like a tricky balance, but I'm sure you'll figure it out. How are things for you? Good, good. Just crushing some miles up here. Weather's been great. I did a couple of long runs last weekend, testing my fueling and, and hydration and feeling pretty good. So things are good. All right. So you want to go ahead and have that conversation with Dr. Cole? Yes, let's, let's do this. Our guest today is a leading functional medicine expert who consults with people around the world via webcam and locally in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. 
Named one of the top 50 functional medicine and integrative doctors in the nation, he specializes in clinically investigating underlying factors of chronic disease and customizing a functional medicine approach for thyroid issues, autoimmune conditions, hormonal imbalances, digestive disorders, and brain problems. He is the best-selling author of Ketotarian and the Inflammation Spectrum. With no further ado, here's Dr. Will Cole. Dr. Cole, welcome back to 40 Plus Fitness. Thank you so much for having me. This is number three. <laughs> Lucky number three. Yeah, you've been on the I show want, three my different goal, times. <laughs> my goal is to be the top guest. You, the, the most most visited guest, or I guess I, the guest. I think you're there. I, you know, I, I will say I did a thing with Jimmy Moore where I interviewed him one time. He had three books that I wanted to talk about when I was early, early on. It was one interview, but it was broken into three shows. Okay. So. I think you're ahead of him by no or tied with him for a number of interviews, but he's going to have you beat for shows for a while. So sorry about that, but <laughs> <all right>. uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm not that competitive. But I, I, I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, your book is called intuitive fasting, the flexible four week intermittent fasting plan to recharge your metabolism and renew your health. And the thing I liked about this was, there's so much information out there about fasting now. It's sort of the, the hot topic, if you will. And uh, as people are looking at ways to get healthy and, and lose weight, and so they say, okay, well, you know, have you tried fasting? Have you tried intermittent fasting? Have you tried water fasting? And there's one guy who was promoting air fasting. <laughs> you just don't even, you don't even drink water for 20 minutes. I'm like, how? how? I don't even understand. But, uh, wow. <laughs> so, but fasting is, is, is becoming kind of this thing that is out there. And it's, it's a, it's a good thing. It's an important thing. It's something that's been a part of our culture forever. But with all the information that's out there, it's really difficult for someone to discern what is a healthy fast and what is just a, a, a fad, scary thing, uh, mm -hmm. like the cleanses and the fasts and things like that. You're talking about intuitive fasting. Can you give us just a little bit of what that's about? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the book is as... Anything that I write, the last two books before this, they're just outpourings of my clinical practice. So right, even right now, I'm in between consulting patients, 10 plus hour days. I started one of the first tele telehealth functional medicine centers in the world over a decade ago. So that's my main focus. Like that's the context of where I'm coming from is I get to see labs and tons of different types of people all around the world get healthy with different tools within the functional medicine toolbox. So this concept of intuitive fasting is something that I've been really working on with patients for a long time. And it's paradoxical on purpose, right? I mean, that's why I called it intuitive fasting. Because to the modern Western metabolism, fasting will be anything but intuitive. And it's really a conversation about two things, metabolic flexibility, which is physical, physiological uh, infrastructure, if you will, or a foundation for authentic mindful eating because you're building satiety signaling and blood sugar balance and lowered inflammation levels and proper gut brain access signaling. But it's also uh, from a mental, emotional, even spiritual perspective, what's our relationship with these things? And can we bring a more mindful approach to fasting? Because you have these two worlds, you have this intuitive eating world or mindful eating world on, on one end. And then you have fasting, which is typically the biohacking and the alpha and the uh, more is better. And in these extreme sports of wellness, if you will, that, uh, that I think the fasting community really focuses on. But I think that the 
context of this is somewhere somewhere in the middle, just like what I try to do with keto Terry and a plant-based and keto. And how can you make something that works for the average person? How can you really make something sustainable that leverages the amazing benefits of fasting, but in a way that's accessible for people and sustainable for people? And it's a healthy approach for people. So those are the conversations that I'm having with intuitive fasting. It's a mindful approach to intermittent fasting, but it's also building metabolic flexibility so you can have authentic intuitive fasting and authentic mindful eating, meaning that fasting and eating will be more intuitive as you you gain metabolic flexibility, not because it's some restrictive, obsessive thing. You can just go longer without eating because your blood sugar is more stable, because you have more agency over your health. And you can eat food because you enjoy it. Food doesn't control you. Your cravings don't control you. Your insatiable hangriness doesn't control you. And that's the what what the other aspect of intuitive fasting has has to, what it's about. Okay, let's dive a little bit deeper into metabolic metabolic flexibility. Exactly what does that mean, and why is that going to make intuitive fasting easier for us? So most people in the West are metabolically inflexible or metabolically rigid. So they're stuck in this sugar burning mode, right? And we're all born, when we are born, we're all born metabolically flexible. It's our birthright. Babies are producing ketones for proper neurological development and they're burning sugar as well, obviously. And over time, we lose that birthright. We use that ability, we lose that ability to burn both sugar and fat. And that flexibility is lost and we are stuck in metabolic rigidity or metabolic inflexibility. And that many people have different various degrees of this, but it's some form of insatiable cravings and hangriness and fatigue and weight loss resistance and different inflammatory problems. So that's the hallmark of the modern Western living, right? And that's what researchers are really looking at this epigenetic genetic mismatch that our genetic genetics haven't changed in 10,000 years. But yeah, our world has changed very dramatically in a very short period of time. So we're looking at this evolutionary mismatch at the heart of what's driving a lot of these chronic health problems, different inflammatory problems, autoimmune issues. So those are the people that I talk with 11, 12 hours a day, where when we start to gain metabolic flexibility again, we start to reclaim our birthright and start to get more in alignment with our genetics and decrease that chasm between genetics and epigenetics, that's when you start feeling great again. That's when you start regaining that energy, when you start feeling like there's a congruency between how you feel on the inside and the body that you live on, live in. And that's what metabolic flexibility is. It's, it's being fat adapted. It's being keto adapted. But it's as its name implies, metabolic flexibility. It doesn't mean being in sugar in in ketosis all the time. It's ability to tip to dip into sugar burning mode when you want to, or when you need to. And that's really the another layer of the conversation that I'm having with intuitive fasting. It's that it's the name of the game as far as I'm concerned. For most people, isn't to be in ketosis all day every day, but it's to use it as a tool, but have the flexibility to burn both. And um, I think that is a part of the context of the conversation that I tried to have with Keto Terry and that I just wanted to have in a deeper way with this book beyond just the Keto Terry way of eating, but just how to use all these amazing tools and intermittent fasting and a ketogenic diet are really two sides of the same coin because they're both supporting beta-hydroxybutyrate. There's two different ways to produce this amazing 
signaling molecule to lower inflammation and improve brain function and become a fat burner if we need to. But it's something that I've just get so excited about clinically that I wanted to share with everybody else. Yeah, I know. You know, for me, uh, I do something I call seasonal ketosis. So I have a season where I go into ketosis and I have a season that I come out of ketosis. And that used to have a lot to do with college football season and then, you know, Christmas, Thanksgiving and my birthday. So I just, okay, from August, the end of August until the middle of February, get to get past the Super Bowl. I'll, I'll not worry about ketosis. I still generally eat the same foods. I just, I want to throw a beer in there here and there, you know, someone's offering me uh, something pretty cool at a tailgate. I'm going to, I'm going to chow down on it. Uh, And I had that, that metabolic flexibility. So I know that's one benefit uh, that you get from being flexible. Uh, But as far as intuitive fasting goes, what are some of the benefits that we could expect to get by incorporating something like this into our lives? Mm. So both a ketogenic diet, and intermittent fasting, as I mentioned, they both support beta-hydroxybutyrate, which for people that aren't maybe fully aware, it's known as the fourth macronutrient in the research. So we have protein, fats, carbs, and ketone bodies. So they both support this fourth macronutrient. And that's why when you look at the research of the ketogenic diet and intermittent fasting, you'll look at a lot, you'll see a lot of the similar pathways because they're both supporting ketogenic diet as fasting, mimicking in many ways. It's mimicking the state of fasting. And then fasting is obviously fasting. So I'm pairing both of those with an intuitive fasting. I'm pairing as a therapeutic tool, ketotarian, which is a clean sort of Mediterranean ketogenic way of eating, pairing that with flexible intermittent fasting. So when talking about intuitive fasting, I put together a four-week protocol in the book that is used as a way to gain metabolic flexibility. So it's a, some people may scoff at that, like he's talking about intuitive fasting and he's giving us a protocol, but the goal of it is actually to train your body to become more flexible and to learn about your body too. So it's like the an analogy that I use in the book is, is uh, like this proverbial yoga class for your metabolism. If someone's inflexible, meaning their hamstrings are tight, their, their musculoskeletal systems inflexible. They go to yoga class and they are going to think yoga is completely unnatural. Yoga is not for them. There's nothing wrong with this. It's not yoga's fault. It's the person's inflexibility. Most people's metabolisms are inflexible. So by using this flexible fasting plan in the book, we're gaining metabolic flexibility, just like that yoga classes improves musculoskeletal flexibility. And we're vacillating. It's ebbing and flowing. It's not doing the same thing. Each week's a different intermittent fasting window. So to start to train the metabolism, train the mitochondria, train the body itself to become more flexible. So it's, um, but what I also wanted to integrate into the book is the fact that fasting can be a medicine, right? Therapeutic tool to support this fourth macronutrient to become more metabolically flexible, but we're also using fasting as a meditation too. So how can we learn more about our bodies? How can we learn more introspectively on our relationship with our bodies, our relationship with food and how we use food in our life and growing that mindfulness muscle when it comes to food and fasting? Because in my clinical experience, when you gain physiological metabolic flexibility, but you pair that with the mental, emotional, spiritual mindfulness of using food and fasting as a mindfulness tool, 
those are all the ingredients of what you need for what I call in the book food peace, this sort of inner stillness on what serves you and what doesn't serve you. And you have this agency over your body and agency over food, not in a controlling way, not in a restrictive, obsessive way, but in a very resolute, knowing way. On This food makes me feel great. I want to have that. I can go longer without eating because it makes me feel great and I'm more metabolically flexible. And I know what foods don't make me feel good. I know what things don't make me feel good. So you have the d- discernment to, to see that too. And food you're not bound by the next craving and insatiable hangriness. And I think that's really the goal of this is having that food peace, having that inner stillness that I think most people want because most people feel out of control. Their bodies feel out of control when it comes to relationship with food. There's so much inflammation and things going on in people's bodies that they physiologically are out of control actually. And all of that stuff is proverbial noise on a physiological level that when we start calming that noise, you can have that, that inner discernment on what your body needs and having that intuition when it comes to food. Yeah. The way I kind of experienced it was that one, one, it gives you just an intense freedom. Uh, You're working 11 hour days. And if, you know, something comes up and you can't eat your lunch when you thought you were going to be eating your lunch because you're metabolically flexible, you just say, fine, I'll, I'll eat during my next break, uh, which is two hours away. And you won't, you won't, that won't upset you. That will emotionally affect you. Yeah. Uh, you'll be able to do that. And then I think the other thing that I gain out of uh, fasting when I do it is that it actually kind of, like you said, clears up the noise. So I actually can go back and remember what actually being hungry feels like. Mm-hmm. And I can actually be in that moment and say, okay, yeah, this is, this is not me wanting a Snickers bar. This is me legitimately needing nutrition for my body. And, and then I can honor that and have a good meal. And, and then, then I can actually, because there's no noise, listen to what my body is telling me about that meal Mm -hmm. and, and, and actually respond. So I was like, instead of running out and get the Snickers bar and know I'm going to feel like crap two hours later, when I go on the sugar crash, I'm like, okay, now I'm going to go have a, something more wholesome, something better mm-hmm. for me. And then two hours later, I, I'm not actually even necessarily thinking about that meal anymore because I feel great. And, yeah. but it, you've kind of cleared up that noise and you have mm-hmm. the freedom to decide, okay, I'm not going to go for what's convenient and eat that snicker bar. I'm going to go ahead and wait the two hours and I'm going to be fine. Yeah. yeah. Well said. And I think that when you start feeling so great and you start having that agency over your body and over your health in a healthy way, it's really cool to see that. It's like when you create a firm foundation and a center and you centered yourself physiologically and mentally, emotionally as well, you can pivot from that space, but you have that awareness of what your center is. And it's really cool to see, whereas maybe you have, maybe people will you know, have that something that they know isn't that won't make them feel great, but they will even then most for most people when they have that center, they'll be able to go there and know I, I I can I won't have as much of this food because I love feeling great more than I think I missed something that didn't make me feel good. And they can go back there. Or most of the time they actually won't go towards those other things, not because it's restrictive and that they can't have it. They know they can have whatever they want. But they just love feeling great more than they missed something or they thought they missed something that didn't. That's a complete paradigm shift. So it's not about this list of do's and don'ts. It's complete free will. But it's a bad trade-off 
to go towards something that makes you feel really lousy. I agree. This episode of the 40 Plus Fitness Podcast is sponsored by Naked Nutrition. What does getting naked mean? For supplements, it means no unnecessary additives. It means premium sourced ingredients without fillers, so you don't need to compromise on your diet or your goals. That's what Naked Nutrition offers. Back in 2014, a former college athlete didn't understand why protein powders and other supplements had so many unnatural ingredients. If they're supposed to be health supplements, why can't you understand the ingredient list? Naked Nutrition was started with five single ingredient supplements, including the best-selling Naked Way, which has only one ingredient, whey protein from grass-fed California cows, and the best-selling Naked Pea, a vegan protein made from one ingredient, raw yellow peas grown in the U.S. and Canada. The company has grown to offer over 40 products, but the vision of sourcing the best ingredients, using as few of them as possible, and being transparent so you know exactly what's going into your body is the same today as when the company was founded. Whether you're working towards losing weight, having more energy, or improving your endurance to become a better runner, what you put in your body directly impacts how you feel and the results you get. Naked Nutrition is committed to shortening the steps between their farms and you. Get naked. Visit Naked Nutrition today. It's nutrition with nothing to hide. Use the discount code 40PLUS and get 10% off your first order. NakedNutrition.com Now, one of the things I think that will turn some people off about fasting is they're like, well, I'm on this exercise program or I'm, I'm training for this, this 5k and, and I need, I need that goo, you know, to, <laughs> I need that, you know, that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about exercising uh, during in, uh, intuitive fasting? Sure. So I talk about this at length in the book, cause that's a common question. So it's, we all come in at this point of trying a tool like this at different points of our health journey. We all have different levels of metabolic inflexibility or metabolic rigidity. And it's one of the reasons why I started the book out with a quiz. And I, the quiz is adapted from questions that I ask patients. And I wanted people to kind of get a subjective me, a metric for them to see more or less like how is their metabolic flexibility. So if someone's severely or significantly metabolically inflexible, they may want to take it easier at the start, right? They, and not work out as much whenever they're learning, their body's learning to burn fat for fuel and their body's being trained to be more com- become more flexible. Now keep in mind, the specific subset of intermittent fasting that I'm exploring with in intuitive fasting is not caloric restriction. So it's specific, it's time compressed feeding or time restricted feeding. You're getting all the calories that you need just in specific windows. So for most of these lighter to moderate, flexible intermittent fasting windows, it's actually not that difficult to work out. Week three in the protocol could be probably be the one that people have to make a personal decision on that. Some people will still be fine, but you still have a two, it's an almost OMAD week in week three, but it's non-consecutive. So meaning you're doing it every other day, not every day. And OMAD is an acronym that stands for one meal a day, but it's almost OMAD because I referenced some studies in there, but basically making it a little bit more flexible to give you more windows to eat and not trying to get all your calories in, in a one hour 
window, which is the more traditional OMAD 23 to 1 fasting to eating window. So an almost OMAD approach is a little bit more flexible. So you could work out within that two to four hour window uh, if you wanted to not be doing a fasted workout. But the, regardless, that's the deepest fast that's there. So I'm not doing any multiple day long fast, which is a bit of a different thing. I think one of the reasons why this type of intermittent fasting that I'm exploring in the book is so accessible is because people can live their lives. They don't have to make an overhaul of everything in their life or feel like they can't live and engage with activities like exercise. They can still do it. It may take some planning and it makes may take some leaning in at the beginning. But what my basic, I go into detail in the book, but my basic advice is if you have a certain level of activity level that you're used to, still do it. You don't have to stop doing that. But I wouldn't start, you know, CrossFit and intermittent fasting at the same time either. <laughs> so maybe New, pick Year's, one. New Year's resolution happening right here. <laughs> <laughs> so many people, right, with the best of intentions. But it's like, it's not that you can't do that either, but like become a little bit more, you know, not a master at it, but just at least use more used to doing this and then lean into it. Because we want these to be sustainable changes. This just should this should not be a fad crash thing. I love that people get excited for this stuff. So don't I don't want to like rain on the parade, but we want this to be sustainable. And ultimately, too, what's the paradigm shift here, right? It's about how can I love my body enough to do things that make me feel great. And sometimes it's not excitement that's fueling someone to do all the things at once and more is better. It's actually shame and obsession that they think, oh, I just, I, I feel so low about myself that I'm meant to do everything. And I would rather someone start one thing than lean into it because so it can be sustainable because, you know, as I talk about so much throughout the book and with my patients, you can't heal a body you hate. You can't obsess your way into health. So Start the CrossFit maybe a little bit later and just start the intermittent fasting and the food for now. Yeah. One of the cool things about your program that I really like is, as you say, you might be into week two and you're looking at week yes. three and saying, you know, I, I don't know that I'm ready. I'm not feeling the energy. I'm not where I'm supposed to be. You just repeat week two yeah. to kind of get yourself based. And once you feel like, okay, I've mastered this level, if you will, then then I can go and attack week three. And now you, you leave this program with kind of a tool chest to say, you know, I mm -hmm. felt the best during week three. And so yeah. I'm not just going to do that. Or I felt the best during week four. And so I'm just going to keep doing that. Or I just know that I have this tool chest of a four week program that I, I can dust the book off in three months and, and run mm -hmm. through it again and, and, and see where I am, I am you know? So yeah, I, I like yeah. that it's flexible. I like that it's something that's accessible and, and you really do a good job, in my opinion, of walking Thanks. them week by week to get them to a point where they've learned those mm -hmm. tools, learned those skills. Um, and as you said, kind of reconnected with who they are. Yeah. Thank you for recognizing that. I, I agree. It's like you, you're learning about your body because you've sampled all these different ways of fasting. So you will know, and that's bio-individuality. That's what I'm talking about with authentic intuitive fasting is you'll be able to evolve the protocol to suit you because we are all different. But on that other note, like it doesn't have to be four weeks. Like I, like I mentioned in the book, like if you want to repeat week two for two weeks, make it a five-week protocol. That's okay. And these are all therapies and tools. And sometimes people, we, people need to rest in a certain phase a little bit longer. It should be partially self-paced. As long as you're progressing, even if it's incremental progression for any wellness tool, this is a good principle. 
is that as long as you're, you're progressing, even if it's incremental, sometimes it's okay to rest in some in in, a, in one area and not feel like you need to lean into it too fast too soon, because that can make you feel like oh this is a fa- you're a failure at it, and it's not. You just rushed through something, or your body wasn't ready for it yet. Dr. Cole, I define wellness as being the healthiest, fittest, and happiest you can be. What are three strategies or tactics to get and stay well? Number one, it's I think that kind of to my earlier statement, I think that I know it's a little bit more abstract and ethereal, but I really think it's important with this conversation about wellness when you're talking about food as nutrition and fasting as a tool for to heal the body is that we have to realize why we're doing these things. It's not a way to punish yourself. It's not a way to like shame yourself into wellness. It's a way to, I love feeling great so much. I, I value and respect my health so much and my body so much that I want to be good steward to that and do things that make me feel good. So have that paradigm shift because avoiding foods that make you feel like crap isn't restriction. It's self-respect. So I think that that's a core like genesis of sustainable wellness. Number one, number two, I would say experiment with intermittent fasting. I think that one of the blurbs of the book is, it's from Alejandro Younger, who's a cardiologist, brilliant friend and, and mentor of mine. And he, I'll paraphrase what he said, but I thought it was an eloquent way of summarizing my thoughts on this is that like our world is in desperate need of a pause. And I think that we're always like more and more and more like do this, uh, even healthy things like more is always better and uh, take more supplements, do more of this, do more of that. And it's all the consumerism too. And all that stuff. And I think that on many levels and on a macro and micro level, I think that the world needs a little bit more of stillness and introspection and simplicity and paring down. And I mean, we were talking about this before we started recording, just even like on a, like moving to something simpler and, and, and living a simpler life. I think that the fasting is that on a physiological level too, is like, how do we create just some stillness and simplicity in our life to allow our body to actually do things that it will naturally do if we give it the chance to do so. So I think that that's another way to, to support wellness. And three, I think foods that will be nourishing and really um, uh, f- nutrient dense. And that's what I tried to really advocate for in intuitive fasting is not try to fast your way out of a poor diet. This is, should not be this disordered eating disguised as a wellness practice. I really want people to uh, use food as medicine and use fasting as a medicine tool, a therapeutic tool, and they should go together. They're two sides of the same coin. And then I would say this too, like um, there's more than three, but the, the um, many people have really impaired GI issues and they have underlying gut problems on this spectrum, this larger spectrum of these problems. And I would say focus on soups and stews, cooked foods, in the book, I call them break the fast meals where they're just gentle on the gut, good transition meals out of the fast. But honestly, those break the fast meal sections, I think could be way more, they could be used way more than just as a transition out of a deeper fast. They can just be used as just nourishing, gentle on the gut foods that I think would benefit most of society today because I see it rampant as these underlying GI issues that are that's driving inflammation level systemically, these, this, these gut centric components to inflammation. Well, thank you for that. I, I want to take one step back and I want to paraphrase what you said, cause it, it's brilliant. I'm going to, I'm going to go back and listen to it again and, and probably write it down. And it was the uh, moving away from foods that 
or not good for you is not restriction. It's self-respect. I, I love that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a paradigm shift because people are like, oh my gosh, I can't have that. Uh, no, you can have whatever you want. But do you love feeling better? Or do you like that food that doesn't? Like that's the, that's the, the free will that I want people to have. And it's not about, I mean, who, like I always say, and I don't want to pick on Starbucks, right? Because I, I go to Starbucks. I have no problem with it, right? But you go in Starbucks and I had a patient tell me years ago, they were like, how do you look at all the pastries and stuff in the glass thing and and not go for that stuff? And to me, I had to be like, I knew that there were desserts in that, but I honestly couldn't even tell you what's in there. It's not even a thing that I even look at because it's why would I want to go for something that's not going to make me feel great? Uh, and that's what I want people to get to that place of consciousness and awareness for themselves. It's not like you can't have it. It's just like, that's really not going to make me feel good. Why would I want to go to something that's not in alignment with how I want to feel? Yeah. It's like when you're walking through the grocery store and you walk down the pet aisle and you see cans and bags and they would have food in them and they're colorful labels and they say healthy and they say all the words that our food says, uh, grass fed beef, you know, all the things that we would want in our food, but we don't see it as food because we know it's not food. Yeah. And uh, that's kind of how I look at when I go into Starbucks and I'm looking yeah. at the pastries, I'm kind of like, okay, well, that's not even, that's not food it's, it, right. in my head. I guess we just yeah. don't even equate it as food anymore. So I think that's right. where I'm coming from. But mm -hmm. Dr. Cole, if someone wanted to learn more about you, more about the book, Intuitive Fasting, where would you like for me to send them? They would go to drwillcole.com. Uh, that's D-R-W-I-L-L-C-O-L-E.com. On Instagram at Dr. Will Cole, all the places that people go on on social media. But yeah, there's the links to the books, to the uh, telehealth clinic there. Everything's at drwillcole.com. Cool. You can also go to 40plusfitnesspodcast.com forward slash 484, and I'll be sure to have the link there. Dr. Cole, thank you so much again for being a part of 40 Plus Fitness. Thank you, my friend. Welcome back, Grass. Hey, Ellen. That was a really interesting interview. I am interested in um, the fasting um, that he was talking about and and how that helps. Um, you know, fasting is a really hot topic these days, too. And sometimes it's hard to sort out, you know, the fact and fiction around fasting. So that was a really interesting interview. Yeah. yeah I think the, the core of it with fasting is we've got to get past this um, this belief system that we have to eat every waking <laughs> moment. We are, we are not mm -hmm. cows out in the field. We were, we were not meant to graze. Uh, we were meant to hunt and, and, and gather and feast and then mm -hmm. stop eating. Um, that was our natural course of things. And now that, you know, there's convenience stores and fast food <laughs> restaurants and you, a freezer full of food or a refrigerator full of food and a cabinet full of food, mm -hmm. um, some of which is not actually really food, um, mm -hmm. is available. The, that nutrition calories are just so readily available to you quite literally. I bet you can, you, you're, you're right now probably within, uh, I'd say 18 steps of all the foods <laughs> your body would need for a month. Uh -huh. And mm -hmm. that's never existed in the history of man. And, and so having these intentional fasts and teaching your body what it actually feels like to be hungry mm -hmm. and what it feels like when you're, you're doing okay. You know, that's, you just, you need to get used to that. That's something being hungry is a normal state. Yeah. And we just don't 
we don't. And so that's one of the cool things about kind of going through something like this intuitive fasting program. It's a four week intermittent fasting is that he pushes those buttons and he gets you to try a new thing. And, and some of it will work very well for you. Some of it might not, uh, but you can find where you belong on that spectrum mm-hmm. of eating all the time versus not eating often at all. Um, whether it's you go all the way to OMAD or you're having two meals a day when, you know, we talked with Brad Kearns not long ago about two meals a day, uh, or just some other eating strategy. Um, these are, these are strategies that you can try that will improve your health, uh, mm-hmm. potentially help you lose weight. And, you know, there's just a lot of other health benefits to, uh, doing this just, and just getting in touch with your body, being a lot more mindful about the food that you do put in your body. So you, you just don't say I'm starving. So I'm going to go ahead and pull into the McDonald's mm-hmm. while I'm starving. They tell you not to go grocery shopping when you're hungry. Don't go to right. McDonald's when you're hungry either. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, good point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, you know, when I I'm keto, like I've mentioned before on this, on your podcast. And so when I get up in the morning, I'm rarely hungry. I don't feel hunger. And so I work out fasted. And when I get home from a run, I might, I might feel a a twinge of hunger, but usually I'm more thirsty than hungry. So I, I usually will wait until about, you know, noon, maybe even one before I eat anything. And that's just kind of been my MO. But sometimes I I have the old habits come back where I'm like, well, I've got to go run an errand at, you know, 10 or 11. I better eat something before I leave. You know, it's like, it's that old habit. I really should have breakfast. I really should have lunch. It's that time of day. Maybe, you know, I don't, I don't know what it is always, but sometimes I get that, that old habit will come back. Like, well, I I need to eat something before I go run my errands. It's kind of a weird well, it, 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 it may, it may not entirely be habit. And, and it's just something listening. Like I said, when you're, once you get comfortable listening to your body, mm-hmm. it, it can be one of those things of saying, well, what you don't want to be is you don't want to be in a hunger state making decisions. Right. And so if you're out and about doing your errands and you're really hungry, mm-hmm. what food choices are you going to have available to you? And if you know that you're just not going to, or let's say your work schedule and you really only get a lunch hour and you really don't get breaks beyond that, despite mm-hmm. what the regulations require, but let's just <laughs> say you just get your lunch break. You, you need to eat during your lunch. If, if, you know, you know that you're not going to be able to make it to dinner, mm-hmm. uh, skipping that lunch, you need to go ahead and eat your lunch. You may not be entirely hungry, but if you, mm-hmm. if you don't have another option in your schedule bound, then than eat. Um, there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that. Um, you know, that's one of the, the cool things about getting comfortable with fasting is you, you can figure out where your hunger is. You can figure out what your limits are. Um, you know, I'm not a huge fan of the extended fasts that run more than 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, and predominantly, if you're going to do something like that, you need to be working with a healthcare professional that understands fasting, uh, because it's, it's a very different animal, but, when you start getting to those extended fasts and and some people will get into them and fast for days and weeks. And I, you know, I know I couldn't do that entirely. I probably, you know, I could physically do it. I've got enough, you know, I've got enough energy mass around my, my body that I would, I would not run out of energy, but it would just be one of those things of saying, you know, at, at some point my body's 
probably going to tell me, okay, now you're being stupid. Um, mm. And so, you know, I am metab- metabolically uh, flexible in a mm-hmm. sense, um, you know, in that I can kind of go back and forth. And if I'm really working hard, I can eat a lot of carbs if I want to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, I, I choose not to most of the time because, you know, just, I don't always want to be go, 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 go to burn off those extra carbs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but you can't, if you're an endurance athlete, uh, you probably could come back off that run mm-hmm. and, and handle carbs, not just the leafy green carbs, but the carbs. And because you, you've burned through glycogen, uh, in your muscles and your liver and what insulin's going to do when it does spike, because it still will spike when you eat that, you know, that high carb food, mm-hmm. um, it's going to put it where it needs to be first. And it needs to be in your liver and it needs to be in your muscle. Now, if you're not active or you eat more than your activity level earns you, mm-hmm. um, then yeah, the next place for it is, it's okay. We filled up the muscles, we filled up the liver. Yep. Here we go. It's fat. Um, and so if you do that consistently over time, you will put on some body fat, but putting on a little fat during a day is, is not a tremendous problem for most of us. In fact, we want, we want that capacity to, to be able to store a little fat when we need to, and, and to pull a little fat off. Uh, so it's just really about finding the balance. And that's why, you know, I'm not someone who's going to eat keto all the time. Mm-hmm. I feel fine when I'm in keto but I also feel fine eating carbs. Um, you know, as, as long as I don't go completely berserk and do go from, <laughs> go completely berserk for months. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's just me and, and everybody's going to be a little different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Um, Dr. Cole mentioned bio-individuality, bio-individuality. And we are so very different with the types of food and quantities of food that we can consume. I mean, we are very different metabolically speaking. Oh yeah. There was a, there was a study uh, in Israel that said um, you can, you know, what they did was they, they basically put those glucose motors or uh, monitors, those, those constant ones, you know, the ones that do Uh it constantly. And they just told them, we want you to log everything you put in your mouth, including the time that you do it. Wow. So, so people would eat a banana, you know, and they mm-hmm. say, okay. And they, they'd pull the data and they say, everybody that logged that they ate a banana, what was their glucose response? Mm-hmm. And they were looking at the foods. And, you know, one of the ways that we like to talk about foods is we'll talk about glycemic index and we'll talk about mm-hmm. glycemic load. And so they were looking at those relationships to glycemic index and glycemic load. And they were looking at, you know, people's response. And what they found was all over the charts, hmm. you know, people who were, you know, eating the, the banana, some of them, their blood sugar shot up way up mm-hmm. and some of them, the blood sugar barely peaked at all. Huh. And so they, they just, they came to realize that we all have an individual response to food and, and you see it in a lot of other places where someone's sensitive to gluten, they may not be a celiac, but they are still Mm -hmm. sensitive to gluten. And there's other people who are sensitive to milk because they have a lactose intolerance. Sure. And, and so we all have these little unique caveats. Mm -hmm. And as I mentioned before, you know, we, as we, as we go through this, you need to be doing an experiment of one. You, you try mm-hmm. a food, and that's why I'm, I'm I am a big fan of things like this, like fasting. But I'm also a big fan of uh, doing these these um, these elimination diets. 
Mm. And so one of Dr. Cole's other books is Eliminate. I think it's called Eliminate, but basically mm-hmm. it's a, it's an elimination style diet. And he has uh, eight foods that you eliminate for eight weeks. And it's just basically an opportunity for you to learn how your food reacts, how your body reacts to food mm. when you reintroduce it. And so you take it away and see if you feel better, which mm-hmm. most people do when you're just yeah. eating meat and vegetables. So real mm-hmm. food, that's what it does. Elimination diets, just, they take you back to the essence of what we're supposed to eat. Real food, meat and vegetables. Yep. <laughs> Get back to meat and vegetables. Nobody got fat eating meat and vegetables. If you're overweight, you didn't get there eating meat and vegetables. Yeah, good point. So you get down to that point, you start losing weight, the inflammation starts going down, you start feeling a lot better. Mm-hmm. And then maybe you can add back in the legumes. Maybe you can add back in the dairy and see how that how that affects you. And so those elimination diets, and then here's this intuitive fasting, I wouldn't try to do both at the same time, but mm-hmm. um, doing an experiment like that is going to teach you a lot about how your body responds to food. And it's what, you know, everybody I've ever interviewed, whether they are vegan or carnivore or raw paleo or whatever, mm-hmm. it all comes down to the quality of your food and it being real food. Those two, those two factors. They'll say ours is better because people are eating more vegetables. I'm like, well, okay, can't someone who's keto eat more vegetables? And yeah, they could. It's sure. like that's not what they do. They they eat bacon. They eat all this other stuff. I'm like, not all of us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not all of us make bacon a staple of every meal uh, mm-hmm. as a part of going keto. Some of us actually just have real food uh, as a part of going keto. And um, you know, so to break it all down, if you're eating real food, intuitive fasting can be a really good way for you to manage your, your food, to manage your it. health. Yeah. That sounds really interesting. Sounds like a really great book. Uh, you know, it, it, it was, and it was kind of interesting because, uh, you know, I just interviewed Dr. Cole, not, not really even, I think a year ago. Uh-huh. And it was like, you already have another book out. And he's like, well, it's one of the advantages of COVID. He's like, I wasn't seeing anybody <laughs> uh, on the weekends that we weren't doing anything. And he's like, so mm-hmm. on the weekends I sat down and wrote a book and I'm like, okay, I get it. You know? Yeah. If I <laughs> had that kind of spare time. And I actually had thought to use it that way. Um, I could have probably wrote a book too. Um, mm-hmm. Didn't, um, That's funny. <laughs> but he did. Uh, yep. and, and it's, it is a very good book. Dr. Cole's really, really smart. He, you know, he practices what he preaches. And so he uses this with his patients. So, awesome. you know, these are things that strategies that are not just founded in science because they are, um, it's also stuff that he's doing with his patients that's and so seeing neat. great results. So yeah, that's, that's the other side of this is this is not pie in the sky. You know, I looked up a couple studies that confirm what I think. Um, and that's what I'm writing about. Uh, this is someone who actually practices medicine with people, getting them healthy, using food, uh, as a primary source of that. And, um, yeah, his books are really good. Awesome. Well, it's nice to see this put into practice and, and real results coming out of it. That's pretty awesome. All right. Well, Rachel, I guess we'll go ahead and give it a go and I'll, I'll talk to you next week. All right. Take care. Okay, bye. Next time on the 40 Plus Fitness Podcast, we meet Michael Easter and discuss his book, The Comfort Crisis. Embrace discomfort to reclaim your wild, happy, healthy self. Until then, have a happy and healthy week.